he, he, could, he could, but he loves us too much that he can't. And I praise the Lord for that. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 5. We're going to uh, continue on with our, uh, as, as we look at uh, the, the Beatitudes and the commands of Christ. If just a, as a reminder, we, uh, uh, the, Jesus told the disciples to go forth and to baptize, and, or to preach the gospel, uh, to baptize, and those that, that are baptized, they were to teach whatsoever things I commanded you. And uh, it's, it's just good to remind ourselves those things that Jesus taught uh, the disciples. Uh, these are the Beatitudes uh, are the very beginning of the, the greatest sermon that Jesus or that's ever been preached. And it was preached by the greatest preacher that ever lived, and his name was Jesus. And uh, we, we covered uh, the first several. We're on number seven. We're looking at verse nine today. We've talked about how blessed are the poor in spirit, and there is a need for humility. Uh, and we, we, re- we described and looked at, we looked at Lazarus. Uh, and, and to see what it really means to be poor in spirit. It's not just a, a feigned humility where we say that, well, you know, I'm, I'm not that important. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, well, we really look at Lazarus and we see a man who had nothing of his own. He, he, he truly was uh, the, the lowest of the low. He relied upon the, 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 the crumbs from the rich man's table. And he, he relied upon the goodness of God. And the truth is we rely on God's grace. Uh, we're saved by grace through faith. And none of, none, not one of us has earned our place. Uh, we've been given that place uh, through the work uh, of Jesus Christ and, and what he did for us. And uh, so when we come to God, we're, we're to come with humility uh, in our hearts and our lives. And that, that humility, as we look at the next, next verse, says, uh, it says, uh, Blessed are they that mourn. And as we truly see ourselves as we really are, not as the world sees, our, sees us, not as, as, as uh, we would, uh, sometimes we'll look at ourselves and say, well, I'm not as bad as Jake, right? Jake's, Jake's a terrible person. I'm kidding, he's not a terrible person. If we compare ourselves amongst ourselves, the Bible says we become fools. I'm not to compare myself with Jake or gorgeous George or, or anybody else. I'm to compare myself with the holiness of God. And uh, if I remember correctly, in Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah saw God in his holiness, what did he do? Woe is me, for I am undone. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwelt amongst the people of, uh, with unclean lips. He saw his own sinfulness. And as we humble ourselves, we see God for who he is, and we see ourselves for who we are, it brings about a, a, a mourning. Not just a sadness. Everybody, everybody in this world has sorrow. It, but it's talking about a godly sorrow. And Paul says this about godly sorrow. Godly sorrow bringeth forth repentance. Uh, because we, we come to the Lord and we see our sin. We confess our sin. And thankfully we have a God who, uh, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, but that, that, uh, that uh, humility brings about, uh, brings about uh, our, our, our mourning. And it says that blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. There's comfort in Christ. There's comfort in his forgiveness. It says blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And we talked about what, what meekness was. It's not weakness. Uh, Jesus Christ was the, the meekest man who ever was born on this earth. It's, it's, about, it's, it's uh, strength under power. And if we look at Christ and the, the power that was in his grasp, he was the, the Bible says he was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. But what did he do? He laid himself on that cross. There is no way that those soldiers, I don't care how many soldiers, how big and burly they were, and what kind of weapons they, 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 they carried, there was no way that they could have forced him to lay on that cross. He willingly laid down his life. In fact, he says that he came to the earth for that specific hour, for that purpose. The Bible says he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And we, and we, as, uh, we need to come with humility, with, with mourning, and with with uh, meekness. And what that means for us is that we yield ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the Spirit of God within us. Because it's easy for our flesh to want us to, to, to act out. Amen? Am, am I, just to be honest, it's, it's easy to want to yell at our kids. It's easy to want to uh, get upset about whatever's going on. It's easy to, to blow the horn at the guy that cuts you off. It, it's easy to do those things, but that's the flesh. And we're to yield ourselves to the Spirit of God. Uh, next, we, we looked at uh, 
Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. And, and it, it's, a, it's not a, a, a desire to do righteous things while we're to be holy as, as God is holy. We also understand that we, the Bible says, all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. It, it's, it's not that a, a desire to do righteous things, though we should have that. It's a, it's a hunger and a thirst for Jesus Christ himself. He is righteousness. And so the, uh, the more we hunger after Christ, the more we hunger to be like Christ. Uh, the Bible says here that, that, uh, that uh, they shall be filled. Uh, the, the Spirit of God works in us and fills us. It says in verse 7, it says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And we are to be merciful to those uh, around us. We're to forgive. We're to, we're, we're to, we're to uh, uh, forbear. Uh, it's a, 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 be, why? Well, because we've received forgiveness. How, how important is this for, for us to forgive others? To not hold those grudges, or hey, that's our that's our old nature. That's who we once were. It's who we are no longer. And so we're to share, share show the same mercy that was shown to us. Then we see we saw in verse eight, "Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God." And it, we talked about that divided mind, that divided heart. On on, on Thursday, on Bible study, we looked at uh, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, for the love. Uh, for if we love the world, the love of the Father is not in us. We looked at how uh, James said that uh, we're not to uh, we're not to even be friends with the world, or else we're at war, enmity uh, with 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 God, and we are the enemy of God. Uh, James also says that we're not to be double-minded, and uh, that we're to uh, we're to we're to have a purified heart. In James chapter four, he says, "Cleanse your hands, you sinners; purify your hearts, ye double-minded." It's talking about those that uh, that have a have have a struggle with a love of God and a love of the world. And back in the Old Testament, the, the very first commandment was what? To not put any other God, to worship any other God before, before our Heavenly Father, right? And when Jesus was asked, he said, the greatest commandment is this, to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, and mind. The problem is many people have, have struggled with that over the years. They did in the Old Testament. And we still do today. You say, well, I don't have any idols in my house. You don't have to have a graven image, which was the second commandment. Um, uh, but, but you do sometimes put uh, other things in God's place. His, his rightful place is the throne of your heart. And so we need to make sure that, we, that we're not putting something else, anything else that we, that we, that we put in God's place uh, is, is an idol. And, and Jesus said that you cannot serve two masters, for you'll love the one and hate the other. And, if, and you'll, you'll hold to the one and despise the other. Now this is, you cannot serve, then he goes on to say, you cannot serve God in mammon or God in money, uh, which is absolutely true, but that, that, that same truth and that same principle holds out for anything else that you would try to serve as well as God. And the truth is, God's place is to be number one. So he, he says there, blessed are the pure in heart, and for they shall see God as, as your focus is, as your heart is singularly, singularly towards God, that you're not divided into anything else. And the Bible says that, that as we draw nigh to him, what, what does it say about him? He draws nigh unto us. Praise the Lord for that. That's how I know that any one of us can have revival. Any one of us. If, there's a, if we are at a time of spiritual stagnation in our life, we can have revival. Because the Bible says, if you draw nigh to me, I will draw nigh unto you. Uh, we, we preached, uh, I've heard countless messages, and I've preached uh, a few messages on, on 2 Chronicles 7.14. Uh, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will, I, 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 I will heal their land. Uh, that, that verse while the principle holds true, that it was specifically for the people of Israel. It was, it was, a, it was a response to the prayer of Solomon when, when he said, if, if, if your people turn from you and they sin and they are taken away from this place, will you hear them? Will you, will, will, if, they, if they cry back out to you will, you, will you bring them back home? And, and he said, if my people, which are called, that was his response. It wasn't to the church today. Now, the principle holds true because Praise God that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He cannot change. And the word of God tells us in James, if we draw nigh to him, if we, if we turn from our sin and turn back to God, if we cry unto him, he says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, purify your heart, you double-minded, turn your laughter into mourning. He draws nigh unto us, folks. He, let, he, he stirs up again those, those coals uh, that have gone cold. And he can, he can bring revival back to our life. Now, we are, 
at our, our at verse 9 is where we're at today. Uh, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Let's go ahead and pray, ask for the Lord to help us. I have two full pages of notes. I'm going to try to be as, as quickly as, as, as possible. Um, I, I want to preach for 15 minutes. It's not going to happen, but I want to. <laughs> Let's go ahead and ask the Lord for help. <laughs> oh, goodness. Father, I thank you for this day. And Lord, while we are having a good time, um, and we have much to be joyful about, Lord, we thank you for, for our salvation. Thank you for your goodness and your love and your mercy. Lord, we're thankful that Jesus came and brought peace to us. I pray that you'd help us as we look at your word uh, this afternoon. Your word says that uh, if we abide in you, that you'll abide in us, that your word abides in us, and that we can be fruitful. Help us to be fruitful today. Help us to be yielded to the spirit. Help us to not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. I pray that it would have its perfect work in us and uh, make us more like Christ. I pray that, uh, that there wouldn't be anything in me or anybody else in this message, but the Lord, that your spirit would have its way with us in your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessed are the peacemakers. What is peace? Peace is... I've, had, I've heard of people say, well, I want peace in my life. What are they talking about? They're talking about the fact that their hearts or their minds are at war. We are in a, the world is just full of violence and war. <laughs> it's everywhere. Uh, whether it's wars between nations or wars between political parties or wars on social media or just wars with your neighbor, right? There is, there is uh, wars between uh, the rich and the poor, wars between the one color versus the other, wars between, it's just, it's us against them. And sometimes it's us against us, right? Sometimes it's me against me. <laughs> Have you ever felt like you're at war with yourself? It's, there's, there is this battle that, that goes on, and listen, it's not because of Christ. It's not of God, it's of our old nature. It's, it's who we used to be if we're saved. We're no lo- we are no longer to be that way, but let's just, I don't know about you, I'm just going to be honest, sometimes I'm still at war. In fact, I've had to remove myself from social media for the most part because I, I can get caught up in, in the debates with people. And I, hey, I am right on my stance. I know I am. They just need to agree with me. <laughs> Aren't we like that? And it can even start out as something as, well, I just want to get the truth. But what we really want is we want to win that battle. Well, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. So what is a peacemaker? And how can I be a peacemaker? Well, first of all, the first peacemaker was Jesus Christ. I want to look at a few verses here. And forgive me, I wrote my notes on the front and the back. We're going to look at a few verses. Psalms 34, verse 14. We'll start, start there. We're going to be all over, so get your Bibles out, get your pens ready. If you don't have time to turn to it, then then write it down. Psalms chapter 34, verse 14. It says this, Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Depart from evil and do good, seek peace. Seek peace. Look at Luke chapter 1, verse 79. The Bible tells us where to seek peace. This is, that was in the Old Testament. They didn't know a whole lot about peace back then. Now, God... The God that, uh, that was back then is still the God that we serve today. But even David understood that there was 
a connection between righteousness and peace. Luke chapter 1, verse 79 says this. This is, this is a prophecy about Christ. It says about Christ that he came to give light to them that sit in darkness. And in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. When man sinned, all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, what happened between man and God? There was a fracture in that relationship. Suddenly, mankind began to be at war with God. Because of our sinfulness, because of that nature that, that Adam passed on to all of us, we're born at war with God. There, uh, there, was, there was a separation between us, and, and, and there's nothing that we could do to, 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 to fix that. We could not, we could not uh, earn it. We could not do enough good wor works to fix that. Uh, we, uh, there's nothing. We understand that. Amen? It's not our salvation is not of us. God sent Christ into the world so that he could die, so that he could suffer and die, and bring about that reconciliation, that peace between God and man. Praise God. I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Uh, uh, he came to, to be the, 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 the original peacemaker. Uh, he's called in the book of Isaiah the, the prince of peace. Uh, he, he, uh, he, he came and, and, and because of uh, his, his, uh, his, his death on the cross, uh, there, there, is a, 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 there is an atonement. There is an appeasement of our sin. Look at Isaiah 53 for a moment. I saw, a, I saw a verse that I'd never, I saw it in a way I'd never had before, and I want to share it to you. Isaiah 53 is a beautiful picture of Christ. It's a, the, a, the, it's a prophecy uh, of him. But let's look at a few verses here. It says, verse 1, Who hath believed our report, and to whom in, is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and is acquainted with grief. And we, and we hid it, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, and smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The, chasti the chasti chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his, his, her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. The transgression of my people was, was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul. And shall be satisfied. He shall see the travail of his soul. And shall be satisfied. Do you understand that the wrath of God is appointed unto all men in sin? But God looked upon the travail, the pain, the suffering of the soul. Listen, it wasn't the, we look at, when we think of the cross of Christ, we think of the brutal way that he died. But, but what God saw was, was the travail of his soul. The fact that sin was upon him, that, it, that he who knew no sin became sin for us. And that's what brought about the appeasement. That wrath that should have been ours was on Christ. That's what appeased God. How can we have peace? We can have peace of God or with God through Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It 
Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It is only through Christ that we can have peace with God. We were at war with him, but we can now, through Christ, be at peace. Matthew 5, 9 again says, Blessed are the peacemakers. How can we be at peace in this world that we live in? Not just how can we be at peace, but this is how can we make peace? Blessed are the peacemakers. What it means is those who actively, those who strive to be at peace with those that are around them. That is hard when somebody wants to be at war. But it's possible. Not because of us, but because of the way that God works in us. A couple more verses I want, to look, I want you to look at. It says, Proverbs chapter 3. I told you we're looking all over the place. Proverbs chapter 3. We'll look at two, the first two verses. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. The word of God brings peace. Now, it brings us peace of mind. Absolutely. Uh, our faith brings us peace of mind as we pray and seek God. But it says it brings us peace. Why? Because the word of God, as it abides in us, transforms us. And changes us to be more like Jesus Christ, the greatest peacemaker that ever lived. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Well, how are we? How can we be spiritually minded? Well, first you got to be saved, amen. But beyond that, we need to renew our mind. How do we renew our mind? Through the Word of God. Galatians chapter five. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? I want us to look at the fruit of the flesh, and then we're going to look at the the fruit of the spirit. Galatians 5 says, starting in verse, we'll start with verse 14. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even this, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. Sounds like war to me. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. But, but if ye be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, or made known. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft. What's the next one? Hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, that ye which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. We can go on, but there is an internal spiritual war going on between our flesh and our spirit. They battle against each other. But if we walk in the Spirit... We will not do the things of the flesh. It is so easy to rise up when, when, you're, when we are upset, when, when we are hurt, when we get angry. Listen, you can be angry and sin not. Right? The Bible tells, tells us that. Be angry and sin not. But listen, if you're, if you're being led by the Spirit, you'll get to the point where you, you don't sin when you're angry. You're not going to respond in a fleshly way. And those, there are righteous things to be angry about. Jesus himself got angry, and we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But, but we can do that and do it in a right way. But if we're spiritually minded, even though we get angry at unrighteousness, even though there are times when we may have to do or say something that may not seem peaceable, 
We do it to bring about peace, not to stir up strife and trouble. So it's a, it's a fruit of the Spirit. So the, the more we're yielded to the Spirit of God, the, 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 greater, uh, the, the greater that we will be at, at, uh, at walking or in that way or, or being a, a peacemaker. So how do we do this on a practical level? Well, we're to seek to live peaceably, right? We're, we're, we're to do our best to, to walk in the Spirit and to make peace. There are certain people, about the, the book of Proverbs talks about uh, sometimes when we, when we meddle in affairs that do not belong to us, it describes it like grabbing a dog by the ears. You're just trying to get yourself in trouble, right? How many times have we ever meddled in somebody else's affairs? Nobody does that, right? Never. Right? Nobody sees that post on Facebook and you know it was meant just for you, so you got to comment. Or younger people on Instagram or whatever they do nowadays. I don't know. I'm over. But it, it, we don't have to do that. Now, there are times, again, when, when we, we should, and don't, don't misunderstand me, I'm not saying that we should never be confrontational. Jesus, the greatest peacemaker, was confrontational. He called the Pharisees, just like he saw it. Whited sepulchers. Now, he was trying to be, make peace, right? No. He, he, he called them, he called them vipers, <laughs> hypocrites. He walked into a temple with a, with, with, with a braided cord, flipped over tables, and beat people. Chased them right out. But he was the greatest peacemaker. The things that he dealt with, was to bring peace. Because the truth is, if you, if you don't confront sin, I'm getting ahead of myself, but if, if we're not willing to, to confront sin, there's a problem. Now, we've got to do it in the right spirit. Don't misunderstand me. There's a way to do it and a way not to do it. But if we don't do it, all we're doing is we're becoming complacent and allowing things to go on. The truth is, uh, we, we are to, 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 to seek peace. And sometimes that means we need to carry the gospel of peace, which can be confrontational. Now, the first way we do this is to be aware of our conversion. Look at the book of Titus. If we're going to be peacemakers, we need to be reminded or aware of our salvation. Titus chapter 3. Verse 3, for we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving in divers, divers lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy and hateful and hating one another. Notice how it starts? That's who we used to be. But God changed us when we got saved. We are no longer who we used to be. It's important for us to remember that. The Bible says, old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. We do not have to live that life anymore. We do not have to be that way anymore. If, if we, we have a spirit, and yes, we have the flesh. And the, the spirit is alive and well in each and every one of us if we're saved. If you feed the spirit and you starve the flesh, you'll walk in the spirit. But if you feed the flesh and you starve your spirit, you will, you will give in to the flesh every single time. So how do we do that? Well, how do we feed the, how we feed the flesh? Watch the news. Scroll Facebook. Right? Uh, uh, anything that would draw you away from the Lord, uh, that, uh, uh, reading the newspaper, though that's almost not a thing anymore, uh, uh, magazines and uh, just getting involved in the things. Of the world. I'm not saying that you need to be ignorant of everything that's going on. What I'm saying is don't allow that stuff to consume you. Because uh, Christians in America have been consumed with politics and with, with all this, everything that's been going on for the last, what, forever. There have been times when I've been so consumed with it, I, I literally just had to, 
I have had to take Facebook off. I, just, I only recently put it back on my phone so that I could make those videos last week because uh, I, I couldn't do it any other way. But listen, uh, I had to withdraw myself from it because it consumed me. Feed my flesh. And, man, they, and, and Satan and Facebook have a way of giving you just what, they, what, what you need to keep you there, don't they? They know, what, they know what you click on. They know what you, so they just keep feeding those things to you, and it just pulls you farther and farther away. So that's the best thing I can do. I can walk away. Instead, read the Bible. Well, I can't spend eight hours reading the Bible. You can spend eight hours watching TV. Well, you know, hopefully you don't spend eight hours watching TV. There's not, that, there's not that much stuff on there. But if you can spend two hours watching a movie, can you not spend two hours reading your Bible? If you can spend three hours scrolling Facebook, can you not spend three hours in prayer and reading your Bible? That's what feeds our spirit. And I understand that we have jobs and, 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 and kids need to be taken care of. And, and I'm not saying take time away from your children. I'm not saying take time away from your job. I'm saying all that extra time that we, that we would feed our flesh with, let's feed our spirits. And guess what? We'll walk in the spirit. And the, the fruit of the spirit will come out. Be aware of our conversions. Uh, next, we need to avoid conflicts. We need to, need to avoid conflicts. Let's look at a, a, couple, a couple of our verses. Romans chapter 12, verse 18. Romans chapter 12, verse 18. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Verse 53, not 53, because there is no verse 53. Uh, give me a second. Is it 33? Yes, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. God desires that in this body of believers that there is peace and unity. Go back to chapter 7. This is talking between a husband and a wife. We never have any problems with that, do we? And this gets even worse. Chapter 7, verse 15, says, I turn back one page, but if the unbelieving depart, what's this talking about, by the way? This is talking about a, a husband and a wife. One of them is lost and one of them is saved. That can cause some, some problems in a marriage, can it not? You're going two different directions. There, there are two different ideas and, and two different uh, worldviews. But notice it says in verse 15, but, but if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases. But God hath called us to peace. Do you, do you see what he's saying there? He said, God hasn't called you to fight your wife. I'm not, not talking to you, Brother Frank. I'm talking to all of us. <laughs> God, is, we're not to fight with one another. We're not to, 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 to dig in and try to harm one another. In fact, it goes on to say in 1 Corinthians that if, 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 there is, if there is a battle going on between a husband and wife, if my wife and I are at odds or fighting, that my, my broken relationship with my wife will hinder my prayer life. God would have us to be at peace. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, 11, he tells us that we are to live in peace. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, that we are to be as a church in the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Paul 
Paul in the book of Philippians and dealing with Eutychus and Syntyche, two women in the church who were at odds with one another. He encouraged the church to, to encourage them to, to make, take care of their differences and to be at peace. We're to avoid confrontation. We're to avoid battles and fights. Why? Because we're to be peacemakers. We should not be known as the one who starts fights. We should not be known as, if we're walking in the Spirit, we will not be the one who's going to stir the pot. I'm, I'm, teasing, I'm teasing Amanda because she said something about the other day about her stirring the pot. It was all a, a, a joke and a jest. But I want you to understand, we shouldn't, there, there are some people that they have that spirit about them. That their desire is to stir things up. And, and it's fun for them. That's not spiritual. That's fleshly. We're to be the opposite. We're to avoid conflicts. We're also to avoid compromise. And I, I kind of started to get into this uh, a, a, a couple minutes ago, but look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness. Holiness and peace are linked together. David says in, 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 David says in, in Psalms 85.10 that righteousness and peace have kissed one another. Right? They're, they're linked. Now, there are a lot of people that say, well, for the, for the sake of peace, I'm just not going to say anything. Jesus would have none of that. If that was the case, he never would have confronted anybody in their sin. He never would have looked at the woman in adultery that was standing there. He wouldn't have said anything to the men with those stones. He said, you know what, you do your own thing. I'm going to step out of this. Right? He never would have gone into the temple and flipped over those tables. He never would have looked at the, at the, at the Pharisees and said, ye hypocrites. I mean, that is confrontational. But there's a reason why he did those things. Now listen, he didn't uh, charge those men with the stones, but he did say, in a peaceable way, that he who is without sin cast the first stone. And the conviction of the Spirit of God hit every single one of them, so they dropped their stone and walked away. And the only one who was sinless was just there kneeling, writing in the sand. I like to think he was writing the word grace. I don't know what he was writing. The Bible doesn't tell us. But he showed grace to that woman. He didn't say, you hypocrite, you terrible woman, you, you sinful person. He said, go thou and sin no more. It's important for us to understand that, that, that we are to be peacemakers, but we can't compromise on what's right. The, the, the church in America is, is compromising left and right. We want to be inclusive. I want anybody to be able to come to our church. Seriously. I don't want anybody to feel like they cannot come and, and, and come to our service. But I will, not, I will not compromise on the truth of the word of God to make them comfortable to do so. I'm not going to stand here and say that men can be women and women can be men. I'm not going to say that homosexual, homosexual marriage is, is permiss, permissible in the Bible because that will make people feel better. I won't do it. But that also means I'm not going to say that, that not tithing is okay, and I'm not going to say that, 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 that sleeping around on your wife is okay, and I'm not, I'm not going to say any sin is okay. The, the, the truth is, when we confront sin, it's uncomfortable. In fact, we are to con confront sin amongst the believers. If there is somebody in sin, you know what the Bible tells me? First it says, take that, that, that telephone pole out of your eye, and then, after considering your own, your own weakness, in humility and love, you go to your brother in Christ and say, brother, I love you. Is it okay if I share something with you? And, and you go through the scripture. This isn't how I feel. This is what the word of God says. Why? The whole purpose of those things is to, to bring that person back to reconciliation for peace. Because when they are in sin, guess what? They're at war with God. So yes, confront sin, stand on righteousness, 
But do it in humility. Do it in love. We need to be peacemakers. Seek to be peaceable, but we do need to avoid compromise. Secondly, we need to supplicate for God's preservation. We need to pray for those, for others, that we can live and be peaceable. Second, or First Timothy chapter 2. First Timothy 2 says this, I exhort, uh, therefore, that first of all, supplication, prayers, and accessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. We're to pray for others so that we can be at peace with them. I, I don't like our, some of our political leaders, let's just put it that way. I, 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 I abhor, I detest the, some of the things that they stand for. But I'm to pray for them. You know what I'm to pray for? Their salvation. We can get angry about those leaders that we disagree with, those leaders that take terrible, awful stances on abortion and on homosexuality, on, on this whole, all this gender business, on, on any number of things. We can, we can stand on the other side and, and disagree with them, but we should, we must be willing to, first of all, pray for them. Because nothing in, our, in Washington or nothing at that state house that, here downtown is going to change unless they change. And the only way they're going to change isn't through us picketing. It isn't through us uh, sending them emails and letters about how much we disagree with them and what we want them to do. The only way they're going to change is if Jesus Christ comes into their heart and they, by faith, trust him. They need saved. We're to pray for them. We even pray for our enemies. Ugh. I gotta pray for my enemies. Remember our greatest peacemaker? Jesus? Hanging on that cross? They were hurling insults after having bruised and beaten and battered him and cut him with, the, uh, putting a crown of thorns upon him. Man, they, they treated him terribly. Here he is, he's hanging on that cross, dying, and he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He could have called down damnation upon all of them. And the truth is, when, we are, when we're hurt, when, we're, when our flesh rises up, what do we want? Vindication! Revenge! I hope that person gets pulled over. Ever said that? I have. <laughs> they deserve getting that. How many times have we deserved it and not gotten it? Stephen preached the gospel to the, to, the, to, the, to the Greeks and the Pharisees. They drag him out of town and they stone him. He says, Father, hold on to sin to their charge. We get upset about little things. They were murdering him, and he still prayed for them. The greatest thing that we can do is pray for others, uh, for peace to come about. He said, that he said there in, in Timothy that, we're to, that we might live peaceably. We're praying for them. It changes our heart towards them. It changes how we respond to them. The truth is, Jesus said, says later on in the book of Matthew chapter 5 that we're all going to be persecuted. It tells us to turn to the other cheek. It says that they force us to carry, the, uh, in those days uh, they, they would have to carry, the, uh, carry the, the belongings of some of the soldiers. They could be forced by law to carry things for a mile. And Jesus said, don't, don't just do that, carry it for two miles. <laughs> Go above and beyond the law. If they, if they ask you for, 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 for your coat, give me your tunic too. We're, we're to go above and beyond. Why? Because that's how they see Jesus in us. How can we be peacemakers? By seeking to live peaceably. By supplicating for God's perseverance, for, for soul winning, for others' pardon. One of the greatest ways that we can be a peacemaker is to bring the gospel of peace to other people. Because the world looks at us and they think that we're foolish. 
And if they see Christ in us, uh, it, it, it doesn't make sense to them. If the gospel be hidden, the Bible uh, Paul says, then it's hidden to them, they're lost. What they need is an understanding of the gospel. What they need is for somebody to bring the gospel to them and for the spirit to work in them, to, to open up their spiritual eyes so that they can understand. They can't have peace with God until that takes place. And if they're not at peace with God, guess what? They're not going to be at peace with anybody. There is a reason our world is the way that it is. It's because it's controlled by Satan. They're not going to, there's a reason why every time, I, I, don't, I, I don't think I've seen any of these things since I was a little kid, those, uh, those uh, beauty pageants, Miss America, it, it used to be that the joke was, what, what would you like, they asked the questions, what, would, what, would, what, what is the one thing that you would hope for? World peace. It ain't ever going to happen. Well, it will one day. When Jesus sits on the throne in Jerusalem and all the world will, will be at peace for a thousand years. Why? Because Satan's locked away. But he isn't right now. And so the only way that they can break free from that bondage of war and hatred and violence and, and strife is to break free of the chains of sin and the one who controls them. And that's Satan. So what do we do? Well, the Bible says in Romans that that blessed are the feet of those who go forth with the, prep, with, with the, the gospel of peace. It says their feet are beautiful. I got pretty feet. My wife doesn't think so. My daughter doesn't think so. But God says it's true, so I'm going to go with that. When we put on the, 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 the armor, right, the, the armor of God, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We're to go forth with that word. Uh, we're, we're to go, the Bible says, that, uh, give, uh, with uh, giving them the, the terror, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. We're to bring peace. We're to be uh, committed by our belief. Why? Because we believe hell is real. And that they are in the hands of an angry God. And it, only, it is only by God's mercy and grace that they have not died yet and gone to hell. But that's coming. If we really believe that, then we will be compelled to go forward. That's why it says, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. We should be compelled by a burden, a desire to see peace in the heart, a desire to see for not just peace in the heart, but peace with God. And we should be constrained. The Bible says, the love of Christ constraineth me. That if he gave his all for me, I should be willing to go forth and give my all for him. What does God Jesus Christ specifically asked us to do. Share the gospel with the world. There's no other greater way to make peace than to bring forth the gospel of peace. So how can I be a peacemaker? By seeking to live peaceably, by supplicating for God's perseverance, by soul winning for others' pardon, seeking God to do a work in them, and then lastly, for shining as God's people. Shining as God's people. What do I mean by that? Look at John chapter 13. John chapter 13, verse 38. That's the wrong verse. I went, that was for earlier. <laughs> Back to Matthew chapter 5. He said, Blessed are the peacemakers. Notice this is, For they shall be called the children of God. It doesn't say that we will be the children of God. You know, you realize that we can be the children of God and not be peacemakers? Because that's, we've been that. There have been times when we haven't made peace. This is. As peacemakers, we will be called the children of God. Why is that? Because they see God in us. The word Christian was used the first time in the book of Acts at 11.26. It says they were called Christians first at Antioch. Why? Because they saw that they were different than the rest of them. 
They saw that they responded under persecution. They saw that they responded differently than the world did. And they said, they're, they're like that Christ that they talk about. That's what Christian means, little Christ's. We use that word so, so, we throw it around so easily. Most people that claim to be Christians aren't Christians. And I don't mean they don't have faith, they just don't act like Christ. Christ was the greatest peacemaker. He, he came to make peace. He didn't, uh, uh, when he was beaten, Isaiah said that he was like a, a lamb uh, being led to the shears, that he opened not his mouth. When, when, they, when they blindfolded him and they, they punched him and they, they ripped his beard out, he didn't say a word. Remember when they, it says they challenged him and said, it said, tell us, who hit you? He could have told them. That would have freaked them out, wouldn't it? Think about that. Man's blindfolded. Some guy he does, he's never even met before comes up and punches him right in the face. He said, and as he, he spits the, the blood and the teeth out, and he says, he says hey, hey, Simon, how are you doing? Who is this guy? He didn't. He kept his mouth closed. He he didn't respond. He didn't berate them. But how do we respond? Do we get upset? Do we get angry? We yell. Get furious. We type in all caps. Sometimes. How should we respond? In peace. Soft answer turns away wrath. I saw this video years ago, and I, I literally just I, I, I just thought of it. it it's, a, it's about a man who was trying, he was at a, at a high school trying to teach kids how to respond to, to hateful words and bullying. And, and so uh, he had this, this uh, uh, kid come up, and, and uh, the kid was, he, he said, okay, I want you to insult me. And he says, what? He goes, I want you to insult me. And, and uh, so the, the kid threw an insult at him, and he threw an insult back, and they went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. He goes, okay, we're going to change the plans. He goes, I want you to insult me again. And the kid threw another insult at him, and he goes, I'm sorry. I know, you're right. And after a couple, after a couple of insults, the kid ran out of things to say. Because it's hard to fight with somebody that won't fight back. Now, listen, people are mean, right? And, and they'll say some hurtful and mean things because they, 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 sometimes they're, they're just people that, that, that get joy out of hurting people. But how do we respond? Or how should we as Christians respond? I'm a sinner. I need the grace of God. We should respond in peace. Now, again, there are times when we need to stand up for what's right. You can take it too far. You can. Amish, uh, the Amish community, they, they don't believe in fighting back. In fact, you could, if, you could go into an Amish home and you could steal everything they have, you could abuse that family, and the, the father will stand there. I would protect my family. And I think God's okay with that. But if it's because I'm preaching the gospel, if it's because I am standing for the truth and somebody's abusing me, how should I respond? You guys remember True? Missionary that we had from India? He told the story while he was here. Uh, we, he's one of the, our sport missionaries. He, was, uh, he told the story of how he and uh, a few men from his church were out preaching the gospel, and these Muslims and came up, and every time they hit him, he said, Jesus loves you. I love you. They beat him unconscious. Remember? And when he woke up, he got up and kept, kept preaching. And those men turned themselves in in the next few days. And several of them came to the church later and got saved. Why? They saw Jesus in him. They couldn't understand why he wouldn't respond in the way that they would respond in that situation. It happened because in the spirit, not in the flesh, 
in the Spirit, he rested and relied upon God, and he allowed the love of God to shine through. You punch me in the face, and my flesh is going to want to punch you back. What if the Spirit's in control? I love you. I don't know how to say it other than any other way that God was in control of him in that moment. Just like God was in control of Stephen as he was being stoned. We're to live peaceable. He says, blessed are the peacemakers. Happy. I do want to just throw out one more verse. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 20. Deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil, but to the counselors of peace is joy. Now, the spiritual, the spirit, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. But when we're at peace with God, there is joy in our hearts. And when we're at peace with one another, guess what? There is joy amongst us. We are to be at peace. In fact, Jesus himself said, they, they will know you by your love for one another. If we were to come in here, and this has happened, this, there was once a spirit like this, and there was division and hurt and strife. How joyous was it to be here at that time? It was not. It wasn't. But today, it was a joy to see every single one of you. Why? Because we're at peace with one another. I hope so. If, if we're not, please tell me. And let's make peace. Let's, let's figure it out. I worked with a guy. <laughs> i close with this. I worked with a guy. Uh, his name was Lars. I worked from, at, at the ambulance service, uh, the private ambulance service here in town. And... Uh, I'm a pretty peaceable guy, right? At least most people see that. My wife says I don't, I'm not always. And, and we're, we're never really at odds with one another, but she sees my reaction sometimes a little more clearly than others. Uh, but, uh, but for the most part, I'm a very laid-back kind of... This guy came into work one day, and he was having a bad day. And he was slamming stuff around in the office and, and just cussing and swearing. and just Everybody was on eggshells around him. And I don't know what why I did it, my flesh, rose up within me, and I stood up and said, Lars, will you just, I won't say exactly what I said, can't say that anymore, and uh, he stopped looking at me, I said, I said, I get you're having a bad day, but don't bring it out on the rest of us, and that started this, oh my, for a solid hour and a half, there was, we almost came to blows, and, and uh, we ended up going our separate ways, and, and that was, we didn't talk to each other for the rest of the day. I came in the next day and looked at the schedule. Guess who I was working with in the same truck? <laughs> that, was a very, that was the most uncomfortable ten minute, first ten minutes I've ever had. <laughs> there was dead silence. We, we, we checked the truck. We didn't say a word to each other. We just Finally, I said, Lars, let's, let's, listen, I, was, I wasn't even trying to make peace because the Spirit of God was in me. I was, in, I was not right with God at the time. But it was so tense that I just, there's no way we were going to make it through the day. So I said, Lars, can we sit and talk? We sat down and we talked through it. He had talked about how he, why, why he struggled, was struggling. The, the day he'd had, he'd just come in from a shift at the fire department. It was, it was a rough day. And I said, listen, I'm sorry. I said, neither one of us should have acted the way. I, I apologize for the way that I responded. You know what that did? <sighs> the principle of peace between brothers, peace between friends, is true. Peace in our houses, peace in our homes, peace in our churches. There's to be, we're to be peacemakers. God help us. Why? Because it goes on to say in Matthew chapter 5, they shall see your good works and they'll glorify your Father which is in heaven. May God help us to bring peace. 
Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the, for the, uh, the example that Christ gave for us. And I pray that you would help us to follow that example. Lord, that we would walk in the spirit, not the flesh. Lord, that we would not allow uh, that old man to rise up. Lord, help us to cast him off. Lord, help us to be in the word, feed the spirit, be strengthened in your word. And, and, and even in those difficult times, Father, Lord, I, I, help, I pray that you would strengthen us to do and to be what you've called us to be, Lord, to be more and more like Jesus Christ. I pray that you give us a burden to pray for, pray for our, our enemies, our neighbors, our leaders. Lord, pray for their salvation and pray for, for God to, to work in their lives and in us. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to, to, to be at peace here amongst the body, that we'd be, uh, Lord, that we'd work together in the unity uh, in the, of the spirit and in the bond of peace, that we would come together, Lord, for the same purpose. We serve the same God. Lord, we are so grateful that there is one God and we serve him. We thank, we're so thankful that Jesus saved all of us. And we pray, Lord, that, 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 uh, that we would all look at each other in that one way, that, that, that there's none greater than any other. Your word says, neither, neither Jew nor Greek, slave or master, Lord, there is no difference. So God, I pray that you'd help us to see that, help us to love one another, help us to serve one another. And, uh, Lord, help us to glorify you uh, as we go forth and, and share the gospel of peace. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.